You are listening to a podcast by young men for young men, founded on the three pillars of faith, fellowship, and fitness. This is the Sons of Thunder podcast. You got Eric, Sean, Jacob, and John. Boys, we are back in it. This is season three, where each week we talk about what to do when things get real and how to face real life problems and questions as a young man. In this episode, special guest John Wisniewski shares his testimony with Sean, Jake, and Eric. The four then address identity and asking bigger questions. Division one football is like big business, you know? It's big business and like we're out here to win, so there's a lot of pressure involved. There was something more for me out there. I felt like God was tugging me in a different direction. Diving deep into like the why of things is exactly a way to strengthen your faith. And when things don't go your way, when you face adversity, that can be devastating for people that aren't rooted. Welcome back to another week of Sons of Thunder podcast. You have Jacob here. Eric. Sean. And... And John. Ooh, a different John. John. A different different John. John has usurped John. Yes, we've, uh, yeah, you got booted off. We got a new John. Yes, a new John. Well, we have a special guest today. His name's John Wisniewski. Wisniewski. Okay, good. I was practicing that beforehand. But now that the spotlight's on me, it's a little pressure here. But John Wisniewski, he was a former (laughs) D1 tight end for the University of Iowa. And now he is in the master's program at the University of St. Thomas studying theology. So we're excited to chat with John and just talk about his days playing football, his days serving the Lord, and kind of what he's doing now and what's next. Mm-hmm. So uh, as always, we'll leave with some banter. And I uh, just want to bring to light Eric's mustache that he has <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Eric, let's talk about it. that a little you bit. You can see it from two feet away, really? Because <laughs> yeah, most people can't. can't <laughs> Usually you have to get within six inches. <laughs> You know, I thought I, I thought I'd experience some humility, um, and you know, it's no, it's no. Are you going coming. no shave? Yeah, oh, I'm oh, gonna, that's right. That's well, I'm gonna go Movember. Uh, yeah, I'm, it's more so Movember. I'm gonna I mean, do it. You're gonna have this. I'm gonna do it. Delexi hates it. Two of the four. So. Everyone complains of their of their hands getting cold in the winter, but for me, it's my upper lip. You know, it's just like <laughs> I have a hard time keeping my upper lip warm. Upper lip fur. So this it. winter, I might just keep the mustache. Uh, you know, you gotta you gotta fight off the women somehow, right? Yeah, exactly. Should do the handlebars. That's, I wish that's I like can't. The best. I totally wish I could. Have you guys seen John's look lately? Not no, John Wisniewski. Not John Luki. He's, he's got the John goatee Luki. going. He's got a goatee. Uh, he's got the goat. He's got the Viking look. He's got the shaved sides and like the longer what? on top. It's it's a good look. Yeah. He's, he's he's rocking it well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Norse look. The Ragnar. Yeah. The Norse look. <laughs> King of the Nords. <laughs> so John, I think the first time. I met you. I, so I had you had moved recently to Minnesota, right? Yeah, it was February of last year, 2019. Yeah. Okay. Because the summer of 2019, we were in a softball league, and I felt <laughs> yes. like our team. You know, we lost our first two games. It was rough. Anyhow, yeah. but I remember the first game. I'm sitting there, and I was like, I was like, who's this guy? I'm like, he's tall. I'm like. He, he's on our team. Oh heck yeah, he's on our team. I was like, <laughs> it's like, like yeah. it's home runs. Yeah, literally. And uh, and then like I remember we talked that one night, and then we kept on going to Hogs. Is it Hogs Breath? Hogs Breath. Hogs yeah, Breath. And just kept on going. It's just we we would play softball. <laughs> we would play like these double headers, and then we'd go over to this bar that would have like dollar beers and stuff like over that. In oh, over in Roseville. Over in Roseville. This yeah. is where I used to work. Yeah. You used to work there? Or, or by yeah. where I used to work. Oh, wow. Full disclosure, I did Hog. not work at Hogs Breath. Hogs Breath alumni <laughs> here, okay? Yeah. 
the dollar beers. <laughs> was the bouncer. <laughs> they they needed them over there. They were like taking your picture when you came in. You remember that? Oh yeah. What? It was a oh, weird yeah. situation. I think they had some yeah. like bar fights recently. Mm-hmm. Oh so my like, gosh, that's prohibitionary. Uh-huh. I've never heard of that before. Yeah. Wow. But I remember John. That's I crazy. you walked up to the plate and I was like, yeah, here we go. And you, you would just out. no, you would just launch it. <laughs> I, I would be at second base with a beer, just chilling. You know what I mean? And then you'd come with the bat and just I was like, wow. And wow. I was always uh. But I, do you remember that season? I feel like our first two games, we just like got crushed, and then yeah. something happened halfway through the season because you were drinking and we got into the finals. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but like, do you remember? I feel like our team kind of changed. We figured it out. It was kind of like a bench warmer season. You yeah. know what I mean? We kind of yeah. had a lot of people that just never play. Right. And right. then we had like two good players, like you and I can't remember who else. <laughs> it was a weird dynamic yeah. because you got some people that are like taking it super serious, and other people are like, "Ah, oh, we're just out here having fun." Yeah. So like, we don't really know like what we're trying to do. Yeah. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Though. Yeah. I good. wish it was too bad that they couldn't do that again um, this uh, this summer. Yeah. Yeah. How'd you guys end up? doing um <laughs> i think we got to the quarterfinals i think did we yeah i don't know i mean there was definitely teams family. worse than us <laughs> sure. yeah. Yeah. we weren't the worst we weren't the yes. worst yeah i had hope my hopes were crushed it's all good the beer helped should we do a landing round yes yeah, yeah. Let's, do it. let's get into it all right start us off what is if you had to describe iowa john in one word um what what would it be? The Shire. The Shire. <laughs> Shire. That's pretty good. That's my, awesome. my buddy Reed Flood, he's at uh, the Knack in Rome. Yeah. Uh, he's going to be ordained a priest next year. And he's like, you know, John, I've been a lot of places. There's nothing like Iowa. It's just <laughs> yeah. like the Shire. <laughs> That's yeah, so awesome. Everybody thinks it's just like cornfields. Yeah. That's like the first thing people think of. Oh, yeah. But like I tell no, people, like, I grew up in the, the Shire. Shire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So are you from Iowa? Also? Yeah. You can move your mic a little. Okay, classic. Perfect. Okay. Right here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. that's good. Yeah, that's good. Um, do you grew? You said you grew up in Iowa. Yeah. Yeah. Born and raised. Where? Whereabouts? Where? Des Moines. Des Moines. Oh, okay. nice. oh you're a Des Moines boy. French oh. for the Moines. Yeah. <laughs> <French for laughs> creative. I think it's like the monks or something like that. Is yeah, that's what it's translated. There's something in, something religious there. I don't know exactly something. what. It's kind of a mystery. Yeah. So did you grow up wanting to play for Iowa? And that's why you decided to go? Um, no, actually, that's a funny story. So everybody else in my family went to Iowa State. Oh, <laughs> so man. Actually, no way. Yeah. My dad played baseball at Iowa State. Okay. Yep. Um, so we grew up going to Iowa State games, football, basketball, baseball while they had it. Their last year was, I think, 2000 um, before they closed the, the men's program down. But no, uh, I was not an Iowa fan growing up. Uh, hmm. Didn't didn't really develop until late uh, late in high school, to be honest. But so, would your dad root for you then when it, you were playing there? Yeah, well, it took some adjusting for him. <laughs> I mean, we were never like diehard Iowa State mm-hmm. fans by yep. any means. Um, you know, th- we would root for them, but um, you know, when I made that decision to go there, they were you know it took a little a little while to adjust to, but they they definitely were on board. So, yeah, yeah. So, what was it like growing up in Des Moines? Like Saturday high school, what are you doing? <laughs> Saturday in high school, Applebee's. Oh, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking <clears throat> during the fall, anyways. Uh, I loved Saturdays because we play Friday night football, and we get mm-hmm. up in the morning. Oh and yeah, have. Um, have like tape, you know, do a little jog around the field, kind of stretch out, <laughs> watch the film. Yeah. 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 Um, and then, you know, watch the film and then go home and just like sit my butt on the couch for the rest of the day mm-hmm. and watch college football all day long. Football in the fall was so much. I remember my coach would always bring donuts to those film sessions. So we'd be eating donuts and then do the walkthrough after. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So fun. Sean, what, what position did you play? I played D end. Uh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Defensive end. Makes sense. 
Oh yeah, the wings fan. They call me the stork. <laughs> the stork. stork. That's how I bat down all the passes. The wings fan helped. What is your favorite um, brand of pizza? Like Domino's, Devani. Brand like. of pizza. Hmm. I actually do like Domino's, like garlic crust. Yeah. Mm. You know, it's not the, I don't think it's the greatest pizza, but the garlic crust really does it for me. Yeah. So oh, I enjoy yeah. that. If I'm just getting something real quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Otherwise, it's probably, if I'm home, Northern Lights. Northern uh, Lights. Yeah, it's like a local, local spot. Nice. Wow. Yeah. What's your favorite movie? <sighs> That's tough. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had, hmm. I'd probably say Saving Private Ryan. Oh, nice. that one just—that one, the, the final scene in that movie just gets me every time. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, it's a great film. That or Gladiator. One of the oh, two. so yes. you'd watch college football all day and then watch Saving Private Ryan every yes. Saturday night. Every Saturday night. <laughs> Tradition. Every Saturday. Yes. <clears throat> would you watch that before a big football game? Get you pumped up? You know, <laughs> not, we would do. Sometimes we would watch movies. It was usually. Yeah, like, again, Reed. Like, Reed is just kind of this macho man, and, like, he would always get me into that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So Gladiator was, like, a huge one That's for awesome. Us. Yeah. So what about book? Favorite Ooh, book? Favorite book. Oh, my gosh. You guys, me. I can't pick <laughs> a favorite book. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Um, the Bible. Is yeah. that the right answer? Yeah, yes, I the love right the Bible. Answer. Maybe not I do New love the Bible. We were looking for New Testament. That's, that's no. a given, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I would say... Probably The Everlasting Man mm. by G.K. Chesterton. Um, if I had to pick one. That's thick, man. I read like, <laughs> I got like a quarter way through. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I guess <laughs> yeah. you have to like plow through it a little mm-hmm. bit because um, he's making all sorts of references to, yeah. you know, like early 20th century English, you know, controversies, mm. what have you. But uh, that book like totally blew my mind. Yeah. It's just this uh, um, uh, unbelievably ambitious like picture of mm. kind of the world. How many pages um, is it? Uh, I don't know. I got this weird copy on Amazon. It was like du- it was like double columned, and the book oh. was you know like I don't know, it was huge. I don't know. It's a weird weird format. I couldn't tell you. It was probably three hundred pages, maybe. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. It's definitely worth the read, though. If you haven't read, yeah. it. Yeah, I've never it's read phenomenal. that. It's dense. I haven't read it's, it. It's pretty dense, but it's yeah, it's yeah. good. Yeah, it's good. Um, favorite book of the Bible. Favorite book of the Bible. I like James a lot. Ooh. Very practical Ooh. wisdom. Um, yeah. I do like James. I've, I've actually been reading a lot of the wisdom literature lately in the mm. Old Testament, too, because <clears throat> I just finished up um, my comprehensive, comprehensive exams for, uh, for the MAT degree. Mm. So I was reading a lot of the wisdom books uh, in Job, too. Job is oh, one sure. of my favorites. Yeah. Job's good. Wow. Dang. Very nice. And favorite or favorite place you've been before? Favorite place Iowa I've doesn't been. count. I <clears throat> um, guess if I had to pick one. Zion National Park in Utah. Oh, yes. Yeah. You had just I went. Love. Did you go right before I met you, or you went last spring? No, it would have been a couple years ago now. I've oh. been meaning to get back out there, but <clears throat> I went as kind of a graduation gift for my parents. We went out oh, there sweet. and kind of toured nice. the parks in Utah. Really yeah. underrated. Like, people don't think about Utah a whole lot. There's, mm-hmm. It's unbelievably gorgeous yeah. out yeah. there, and Zion is, like, otherworldly. Mm-hmm. It's crazy beautiful. Well, it's cool because it's, like... You know, you go to Rocky Mountain National Park and you're like hiking up these mountains. Yeah. But Zion, you just go in this valley. Zion, and yeah, you, yeah, you're you like explore this wow. valley. It's yeah. it's insane. Yeah. The narrows and mm-hmm. so you Angels bet. Landing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I went cool. uh, 2018 right before Dang. I graduated. Yeah. Me and Stunning. like 20 guys went down there. And I hear about Brennan. it so much. Yeah. I want to go. We got to go, Sean. You and me. Walking, walking, walking there. So, so John and I last fall, fall 2019. Um, 
and I keep on just throwing the years out there, but <laughs> I, like I've, I worked a ton this last week and I woke up and I'm like, what day is it? Like, like yeah. what year is it? I'm like, I feel like with COVID, it's like, yeah. you're just in this, like, you know, it's a 2020 one. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, strange like, year to say the but, least. uh, yeah. so John and I went rock climbing with Brennan Robinson and Josh Pine and it was your first time. Yeah. And I love that. Cause, cause we, we went outside to Taylor's falls and John was like, I've never been rock climbing before. And he's like, I, I love that you just threw yourself into it. You're like, yeah, let's go. And I don't know, but you've had time to think about that experience now. What, how was that for you? Yeah. Well, that was kind of <laughs> out of character for me, to be yeah. honest. I'm not like a terribly, like yeah. I'm not a thrill seeker by any means, yeah. but like I knew you guys, I'm like, dang, that sounds like a lot of fun. At mm-hmm. least we can go up there and check out that, that area. It wasn't as scary as I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Like I thought I was just going to be clinging to the rock face you know, <laughs> for dear life. But when you belay, you know, like you're just kind of hanging there. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. It's not yeah. that bad. Yeah. Um, but watching, watching Josh and Brennan do that second. Oh, my gosh. They were like rappelling over this. I don't even. They sat there for. I don't know, 45 minutes. Well, like Brennan bought the, brought this like massive textbook about yeah, how to like tie ropes and like <laughs> tie knots. I think I know how to do this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they're like, some uh, guys like upside down up there. Yeah. He's like, what chapter? Is literally, yeah. So like literally like we, we, they're like, okay, let's find a different site we can climb on. And we see this massive cliff that like, you, you know, you just drops, like, just you couldn't see the bottom of it. Yeah. And they're like, okay, hey, let's, so let's repel down this. You. Yeah. I guess. It's a great view. It was like middle October. It was cold. But they were like, yeah, let's repel down. And then climb back up. That'd be super fun. And then they spent like 40 minutes like reading through this textbook and Brennan's like, I think, I think this goes here. And then I think if you tie this, give me the book, give me the book. And and John and I are just sitting there like, like, oh no, you want to go get a beer, man? (laughs) We took off. We felt kind of bad leaving. We're like, I like, I can't watch this. I'm going to like lose my mind. So we just went and got like Bloody Marys and beers and like (laughs) cheese curds and just hung out. Classic Wisconsin. Just hoped and prayed that they didn't fall over the edge. Yeah. Well, they came back. So that was good. That's good. That was fun. That was fun. Dang. That's wow. so good. Yeah. Should we dive in? How do you feel after that lightning round? Do you want more? You're warmed good. up? I'm warmed up. I feel a little more comfortable <laughs> now. Nice. Yeah, it's good. Good, awesome. good. Well, let's dive in. Um, I guess, John, maybe we, let's just start from the, the beginning. What was childhood like for you? Like, I wouldn't start from the beginning, but <laughs> we need to go back further. Yeah. <laughs> start from the beginning. <laughs> Tell me about your parents. Yeah. What is your yeah. first memory of life? <laughs> Is there a question you asked? <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. We just I made fun know. of your question. I just tee it up. Okay, yeah. So, so growing up, so you grew up in yeah. Iowa, in Des Moines. Yes. Okay. And then um, throughout high school or like college, like when did faith kind of become important to you? Have you always been Catholic? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Born and raised. Um, grew up in Des Moines. Well, I went to Catholic preschool, Catholic grade school, nice. and Catholic high school. Um, so like that was very much a part of my daily life, uh, at school praying, you know, Mm -hmm. beginning of the day, at the end of the day, having a religion class, going to mass, uh, you know, a couple times a month in school. Um, but honestly, like it wasn't almost until, well, it wasn't until college really that, uh, that my faith became like something really important to me. I, um, like I said, it was just so much a part of of my life in the sense of it's just ubiquitous, you know, like it's just a cultural thing. This is what we do. Yep. Everybody I knew was Catholic, you know, yeah, like yeah, I just didn't yeah. question it at all. Yeah. Uh, and it really wasn't until I went away to college, you know, going from uh, a private Catholic school to this big public university that's, you know, it's a huge party school um, that I really <laughs> had to like face that and be like, okay, you know, there's a lot of people out there that think differently than me, you know, mm-hmm. that different, that have different values and morals. 
And um, I had to wrestle with that for a, a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's something providential about being exposed to people that don't think the same way. Like, you need that. Mm-hmm. You really do. You need that. And it was through that process that that faith uh, really started to, to take its hold, I, I would say. Yeah. Wow. So what were your, your first few months or days then like on, on campus? Was it just football classes, pretty much the sole focus? Did you try to get into Greek life? Maybe you couldn't. No, be on not a football enough time. Team. <laughs> no. uh, <clears throat> it was a huge culture shock. Yeah. Like I said, coming totally. from a Catholic school, like, you know, let's face it, pretty sheltered, I would say, overall. Um, and then to go to a school like that where priorities are just not the same. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of good people there, obviously. Yeah. Um, but it's just different. So that, that definitely took some adjusting. Um, and, you know, I hate to say it, but, like, I really did fall into a lot of those same patterns. It's like, hey, I'm in college. You know, this is what college kids do. Let's go out. Let's party, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm on the football team. We can, mm-hmm. you know, do whatever we want. Well, do whatever we want. Obviously not. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's just that sort of mentality of kind of like the jock, right? Mm-hmm. Like, let's mm-hmm. talk about sports. Let's talk about girls. Like, that's that's it, you know? And I, start, yeah. I, I fell into that for several years where that was just kind of my identity. Um, so, yeah, it, it definitely, <laughs> uh, it, it was an adjustment for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, for sure. Well, with football being a fall <clears throat> sport too, um, you get to college and you're getting ready for game day. Um, what was it like the, the first time you stepped into a stadium full of screaming fans for the for Iowa? Yeah, it's wild. It is wild, especially at Kinnick, too, because it's such a great atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, you got 70,000 people. And it's not like, you know, OK, at the big house, it's 110,000, but you're like spread out. You know, it's yeah. kind of out of ways. Like Kinnick is like straight up, you know, like there's Dang. maybe maybe 15 yards between the stands and the sideline. Wow. So there's no oh. space and it's crazy loud. Um, yeah, I remember the first game we played Northern Illinois. We ended up losing. That was a tough, that was a tough one. Mm. <laughs> first that was game. That was a bit of an upset probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they ended up going to the Orange Bowl that year. I'm oh, pretty wow. sure they had okay. a good team. Yeah, but we shouldn't have lost to them. And uh, it was so hot out that day. It was like 95 degrees. Uh, but yeah, just run out. It's just like a surreal thing, you know, just to see all these people you look at. It's just a sea of faces, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's a really cool experience. How about on the flip side when you're in an opposing stadium? Were, were they insulting you? And the, uh, what was that? It depends kind of on like? where you're at, I suppose. Yeah. Um, most places, again, like it's not the same as Kinnick. Like there's a lot more space on the sidelines, so you can kind of get away from the fans. Mm-hmm. Like I'm thinking at Nebraska, there's a huge, there's almost like a track down on the yeah. field, so you have you have your distance. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't, I mean, there wasn't too many places we played where the people were like super hostile. Well, I should, aside from Iowa State, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that was always yeah. brutal. But like, it sort of, it, it sort of, it motivates you in a lot yeah. of ways because uh-huh. all these kids are just well, like cussing out. And yeah. yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot of fun. And you played all four years, right? Uh, five, technically. Okay. Yeah, I redshirted my freshman year. Oh, yeah. really? Okay. Yeah. And I should qualify. Like, I, I played, but like, I like to tell people I didn't play so much. I practiced a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you, it's like, what was, you know, being a college student working, you know, working or studying and all that stuff, right? Yeah. But then also being an athlete with it, what was like a normal, typical week schedule for you? <laughs> I mean, for five Easy. years, that's a lot. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It's a full-time job. Yeah. It's really a full-time job. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, especially in season. I would say the most the most time that we ever had away from any football-related activities in five years that I was there was three weeks. Wow. We had, like, maybe a summer break that you get three weeks off. Jeez. But other than that, it's like you're doing something, whether mm-hmm. it's meetings, 
uh, weight sessions, practice, what have you. Um, yeah, so it's <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> Dang. Um, yeah. You know, game week. Uh, I mean, honest, honestly, like you, I would say, you know, 75, 80% of your time is spent at the facility mm-hmm. um, between, uh, you know, workouts in the morning. We switched to a morning schedule for practice in 2015, which was actually pretty solid. I mean, it sucked getting up super early, but yeah. once you got going, it wasn't bad. But you'd have uh, weights and then practice. And then, you know, you'd be done. So that's like 6 to probably 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. And then you have the middle of the day for class, whatever. You come back at 4.30. You have meetings until 6.30, 7 o'clock. So like, and that's pretty much every day during season. So Did that <laughs> ever wear on you or did that? Did you just love it? Were you just? Oh, it wears on yeah. you after a while. <laughs> yeah, you got to really love it. To I mean, even the guys that were like super gung-ho after a while, like you get late in the year and you're banged up, you know, you're out there practicing every day. It's mm-hmm. It takes a lot of mental stamina as much as like, physically is hard enough but yeah. just to like stay locked in mentally for that long mm-hmm. is not not an easy thing to do yeah. yeah but i mean you did it for five years though so like tell us about like the joys of the football like what was the the first the first time you stepped on the field during a game what was that like it's crazy again yeah like I, I, obviously like, i didn't play a ton um it was probably my sophomore year maybe i mean that i got a little bit of time again like a garbage time at the mm-hmm. end of games but still yeah um just yeah. to be out there uh-huh. very few people have that opportunity and it's yeah. still like you get out and you're like what in the heck like mm-hmm. all these people are here for us you know mm-hmm. yeah. yeah it's a really cool experience yeah, yeah. what well, what was your experience of like <clears throat> having training and practicing so much right and then not playing every single game right but still showing up and still being ready and like able to go you know what i mean yeah. like was that was that like a mental game at all for you of like i, I just feel like i'm just i'm just working on you know i'm just practicing i'm not playing right yeah. like is that that get in your head at all ever? oh yeah, yeah yeah i mean it's it's tough yeah. it's really tough yeah. it's very competitive um you know you got 11 spots in offense, 11 spots on defense, yeah. and then special teams, okay. I mean, a lot of the starters would do stuff on special teams as well. You got upwards of 115, 120 guys on the team. Jeez. So you don't always hear about the guys that are, you know, behind the scenes doing yeah. scout work, all that kind of stuff, yeah. um, doing, you know, putting in all the work that everybody else is but not getting mm-hmm. out on the field on, mm-hmm. uh, on game day. Mm-hmm. You know, that can be tough. That can be really tough. And for a couple of years, like, I really struggled with that how to like process that, you know? Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for anything. People yeah. ask me, you know, like you could have gone somewhere else, maybe played more. Mm. Like, do you regret your decision? I don't regret it one bit. Yeah. Um, it was like the toughest five years of my life, you know, thus far. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I don't think I would be here, mm. uh, if it weren't for that in, mm. in many ways, just, um, wrestling with deeper questions about like identity, you know, because you go there and it's, football 24 seven like that's who you are right and that was who i was growing up i played sports all the time that mm-hmm. was i was kind of known as the athlete uh you go to college and <laughs> you have to like is this it you know like is this really it mm-hmm. um when when things don't go your way too you have to you know look in the mirror is there something more um you know obviously not not like i'm gonna stop trying hard nothing like that at yeah. all you keep you know put your foot on the gas the whole time you're there but ask those questions about <laughs> like bigger, bigger meaning and purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, I really had to do that during my time. And it Dang. was because of the fact that I, you know, I wrestled with like, you know, why am I not playing? What's going on? Can I do anything more? You know, that yeah. kind of thing. So, and what yeah. years, what year did you kind of start asking those questions of yourself? Was it, you know, sophomore year or, you know, it would have been, let's see, 
2016. So um, I was really involved with Athletes in Action. I don't know if I mentioned that to you guys before in passing, but it's um, it's like an evangelical sports ministry. Yeah, yep. I think they cool. might have it at St. Thomas. They've come to St. Thomas before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, I've been to a few of their Bible studies. And, yeah, you know, before I was Catholic, yeah. I you know I was involved with crew and I was on the rowing team. So connected a little Both bit. Crews. Yep. Yeah, so, both so, crews. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> crew squared. So, so AIA is uh, like a subdivision of crew. It's mm-hmm. the same, like crew's a parent organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started getting involved with that like my second year probably. And something that they really preached was like your identity. You yeah. Know? Because I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a ministry specifically tailored towards mm-hmm. student athletes. Yeah. yeah. You play sports at the division one level. There's a lot of people that are like, this is my life. You know, yeah. this is who I am. Um, and when things don't go your way, when you face adversity, mm-hmm. uh, like that can be devastating for people mm-hmm. that aren't rooted, um, that don't have something to fall back on. Mm. Um, and so that really struck me, um, this question about like, who am I fundamentally? Like, am I just kind of the sum total of my performance? You know, cause that's sometimes the feel that you get when, uh, when you're in the football facility is like, you're, you're as valuable as, as what you do on the field, that mm. kind of thing. Well, if yeah. you're not contributing, then how yeah. am I of any, yeah. of any value? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to really ask myself those questions. Um, and it was through athletes in action through, um, actually through UTC, uh, ultimate training camp, which is up here. It's, it's, it's so yeah, funny. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. just I, funny. I think I got invited to it. Yeah. I was like, oh, I don't really want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's intense. It's, it's, it's really intense. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, really cool experience, like a week long kind of camp, like a sports camp mm-hmm. where they basically just break you. Like yeah. Yeah. they, they put you through this crazy, like 20 hour workout. Yeah. Um, Jeez. it sounds like military straight. training, honestly, like, like Almost. some like special forces, yeah. like military yeah. training. It's like 5 PM to like 12 PM the next day with maybe two hours hours of sleep, three hours of sleep, depending on like your team, how they were doing and stuff. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, I'm kind of digressing, but, um, it was through that program, um, that really kind of got the ball rolling for me faith wise. Mm. Um, again, asking the same questions about like who I am fundamentally, mm. what's my ultimate purpose in life? Am, am I just here for, you know, um, like is, is sports is sports the only thing, thing? obviously not you know yeah. but i you know it took me a long time to really wrap my head around that so yeah. yeah so it was kind of more like a slow fade a gradual fade and maybe like a god moment where it's like you know he knocks you off your horse or <laughs> knocks you off the field like, yeah there was no saint paul there was no saint yeah, paul scales yeah. Yeah. yeah i would say there's there was one moment that stands out though and it was after i camped at this place uh, at utc in 2016 i came back in 2017 as a as an intern I remember going through this little booklet they give you. It's like, is Jesus on like the throne of your life? You know? Yeah. I've seen that. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's so simple. Circle, but it's right? so, yes. Chair. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And like <laughs> somebody put that question to me straight up. I'm like, no, you know, like I really had to admit to myself like, no. And something has to change. You know, like I say that I believe these things, I confess these things to be true, mm-hmm. but like there's some sort of cognitive dissonance. Like I don't, I don't actually live that out, mm. you know? And I remember yeah. it was that week that like changed a lot, a lot for me. So it was sort of a progressive thing, but at, at one point it was like, boom, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and, and the, the flip, you know, switch flipped. Yeah. What yeah. was it like when, like after that coming closer to Jesus and then putting him on the throne, um, going back to the football team, like what was, what was different after that? Yeah. Encounter? Yeah. I, I remember, um, that following week cause it was, um, the first week of summer workouts, and uh, just my whole outlook on things had changed where I wasn't afraid anymore in a certain sense of like, 
meeting the expectations of my coaches, mm-hmm. of, of the strength staff, like that kind of thing. Um, I wasn't afraid. And it's not, again, it's not like, oh, I'm just not going to care what they think anymore. Or, yeah. Like, I'm just going to do my own thing. Or, like, you know, kind of slack off. Nothing like that. Like, in fact, my performance that summer got a ton better, mm. uh, both on the field and in the weight room. Um, yeah, it's just a totally different outlook. Um, and knowing that, like, fundamentally my identity is rooted in Christ. I'm a child of God. Um, you know, football is great. Football is important. I love football. Uh, but that's not the final say, you know, and that gives you a, a, a freedom that you don't get when you're sort of enslaved to, you know, expectations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did you study? In undergrad, yeah. I did finance. You did finance. Yeah, okay. finance. Yep. Cause I think, you know, I, I mean, I've struggled with this in the past. I mean, even today, I mean, I think most people struggle with it, but you know, your identity being not what you do, but who you are. Right. Yeah. And kind of going to, down to that fundamental, like that deep level of saying like, I am who I am. Right. And it's not what I do that influences how I view myself. Right. And I feel like you like, that's, that, that's the experience you had of like, you know, make, you know, D one football, right. Having it be such an important thing in your life and, and get in achieving that and getting there, but realizing that there's more to yeah. it. Right. Yeah. And can you t- just tell us a little, a little bit about the experience of kind of transitioning from like studying finance, being a D one football player. I imagine you could have gone off and just gotten like a sweet paying job at a firm, you know, <laughs> sure. down in the Moines, Right. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> And the Moines, the Moines, the Moines, the Moines, the Moines, but, uh, you know, and then choosing to move up to St. Thomas here and pursue a master's degree in, in divinity, right. Or theology yeah. at the school yeah, of divinity. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's a, that's like, that's a big move. Right. And I imagine yeah, maybe it's there's a hard people in your life that are like, <laughs> what are you doing, man? You yeah, know? Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, like you talked about, you were more motivated, um, in the gym and on the field after kind of encountering that identity, but how has faith motivated you kind of career wise and like for the rest of your life with that newfound identity? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That was a lot of questions all at once. But <laughs> was a lot. So I think in a nutshell, maybe like lead yeah. us to your journey from Iowa and like what went into the decision making to come yes. to somewhere like St. Thomas. Yeah. 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 Um, I got done. Let's see. I got done in, with my undergrad in 2017, I did a master's degree in sports business in 2018 with my fifth year of eligibility. Um, and yeah, I got done with school. Um, I took an internship with MLB in, uh, Arizona for, uh, just a fall. And it was like the coolest, the <laughs> coolest thing. Like talk about sports business, like this is it, you know, like I was, I was, uh, in charge of basically running Sloan park, which is, um, the Cubs spring training stadium. Mm-hmm. So they have this fall league. Um, they bring all the top prospects from all the ball clubs. I'm like, I'm, I'm working with guys on a daily basis that are like call up in the big leagues the next year, you know, like Nico Horner on the Cubs now, Dang. um, you know, guys like that. Um, and it was just like the coolest thing ever. I had a, I had a blast, you know, like it was just a great time. Did you get to but, meet some of the players? Oh yeah. Like it was, it was awesome. Um, but at the same time I was like, this is, it's just not, hmm. this is not where I'm being called. Hmm. Um, as cool as an experience as it was, um, there was something more for me out there. I felt like God was tugging me in a different direction. I remember going, um, finding a parish down there that had perpetual adoration. And I went in cause it, it had been on my mind. Like, Oh, what am I doing after this? What do I want to do? And I remember going to adoration one day. I'm like, all right. And I don't normally do this. So I was like, all right, like I'm going and I'm going to like, by the time I come out of here, I want to know what I want to do. Um, and you know, I prayed for an hour or two and came out and like, this is, direction I want to go. And there's a lot of uh, things that lined up. It was really providential. Um, 
I, I got some extra like post-grad um, scholarship money from the Big Ten to continue school. So that made it really easy. Oh, sweet. Yeah, nice. that like I wasn't um, just taking on a bunch of debt coming up here initially. Um, that just the opportunity presented itself, the stars aligned. Um, I knew a lot of people that had gone to St. Thomas from my high school. Like I said, Reed, uh, Ben Baker, you guys know Ben, mm-hmm. um, Joshua Dane, a couple other um, you know classmates from high school. So I knew enough about it that, um, uh, yeah, I just wanted to come visit, and I came up, and it just felt like home. You know, mm-hmm. both campus and St. Paul proper. Mm. Uh, something about it. it reminded me of Des Moines in a lot of ways too. <laughs> um, which the Shire helps. Part Two. Yeah. The Shire Part Two. <laughs> yes. yes. So backtracking the hair though. Um, how like was it that easy? Like when you went into adoration, did you have like a piece after that, or was there still that tugging of where do I go? Like describe that experience. Was there anxieties there? You know, being in Arizona, mm-hmm. hanging out with the Cubs, like <laughs> a lot of people would kill for that. Yeah. Um. um no, I was at peace with it. Um, you know, with, with my time at Iowa, um, I had spent a lot of time reading. Um, that was, that was a really instrumental part of my growth was just, just personal reading, hmm. um, reading good books and like exploring the richness of the Catholic faith and the tradition there. Hmm. And just, just the, the intellectual substance, you know, that I didn't really know was there for the longest time. Hmm. You know, it's like I've mm-hmm. been sitting on a gold mine my whole life. Hmm. Um, and I knew that I was passionate about that and I wanted to learn more. I had a mind for it. I had a, a you know, a desire to learn. Um, it was an easy decision for me. Uh, wow. once, once I got to that point, I just needed a little bit of a push. Um, so, and yeah, like I am so glad that I did. I can't imagine like what life would be like <laughs> without this, like this time here has been amazing. Hmm. And so yeah. it was this reading like, um, while you're still in Iowa later on, like junior senior yeah, or yeah. okay. Yeah. The last couple of years, um, was yeah, a lot of, a lot of reading and there was a lot of questions around. Um, I'm sure Eric, you can kind of speak to this too. I know you converted, but mm-hmm. like, you know, I was, I was really involved with evangelicals all the time, but great yeah. friends, great mm-hmm. friends, like some of my best friends from college awesome. are all, oh, yeah. Yeah. all non-denominational evangelical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a lot of questions about that, you know, cause that's not what I was taught growing up and there's yeah. obviously similarities. And did they challenge uh, you too? Not so much. I mean a little bit, like okay. they were the, the people that I was around, like it was pretty cordial. There wasn't, um, I could think of maybe a few people that would kind of push me on stuff but yeah for the most part it's like hey you like jesus too that's great you know yeah. totally. that's so good <laughs> yeah that's which is good. it was really that. they were very uh very welcoming um but you know i would get questions from time to time and i'm like you know i don't really know yeah. like i can't explain and it was embarrassing you know like i wanted to be able to you mm-hmm. know defend what i believed um yeah. and so i had to go back to the, the drawing board and like yeah. okay like why are these differences here and like mm-hmm. reading back into history and um, yeah, it was kind of through that process that, that I really developed this love for theology. Hmm. Yep. I think I've said this like 10 times on this podcast, so I apologize, listener land, but <laughs> a faith not tested is a faith not trusted. Right. And I mean, diving deep into like the why of things is exactly a way to strengthen your faith. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, why, what's it say? What's the Bible say about this? What's the church say about this? You know, and then even the lives of the saints yep. um, too, and then seeing them embody the teaching. Uh, yeah. and it seems like you got into that big time. And yes. Would yeah. you say that helped attribute your peace of mind um, was largely the examples set forth? Because um, I know you've talked about, I you know, did a little cursory research and stuff about some of the saints <laughs> in your life and like how they've influenced you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's been largely, um, like I said, the intellectual tradition. So people like 
G.K. Chesterton. Yeah, mm-hmm. So my, my progression was sort of like C.S. Lewis for one. Yeah. And then from C.S. Lewis, I got to Chesterton because yep. um, Lewis said that actually that book, The Everlasting Man, he said it baptized my intellect. <laughs> that's so cool. It's like, well, that's a cool <laughs> phrase. Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, who is this guy? You know, yeah. so I started reading his stuff. Um, then from there, I read a little bit of uh, John Henry Newman mm-hmm. um, and just kind of kept going a little bit further back and then starting to poke and prod with like, okay, yeah. Uh, natural theology, like St. Thomas Aquinas, yeah, and yeah. all these that, philo- philosophical that, tradition too. That's a cool takeoff. I mean, into, yeah. <laughs> into the intellect, you know, like starting with C.S. Lewis, Chesterton, and then Newman, you know, because like, yeah. they all, you know, everyone that's writing today or wrote back, you know, Chesterton wrote about the past and all the yep. things he's read, you know, and be yeah. able to go backwards like that. It's yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. It's an interesting way um, you did that. So I just like, again, like I just kind of dove into that stuff um, and just found it to be so substantive. Um, like I can hang my hat on this, you know, like this is like, this is serious, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, cause I think a lot of times people grow up with this idea that faith is just kind of, you know, it's sort of an emotional thing, you know, like, Oh, that's nice. It's like kids stories, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, but like yeah. you, you haven't read, like you have to look, you mm-hmm. know, for this stuff, but mm-hmm. it's there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the tradition with, you know, people like Aquinas, people like Anselm going back all mm-hmm. the way to the church fathers and what they're saying and their engagement with Greek philosophy, with Roman philosophy, like, it's awesome. Yeah. You know, I just yeah. fell in love with it. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. It's, yeah, it's great. Did that, did, did you feel more rooted in yourself after, I guess, um, you know, going to Catholic school, preschool, middle school, high school, all that, and then learning this as a, you know, learning this in your 20s, right, and diving into it more, um, how has that influenced the way that you view faith on, on a day-to-day level right now? I know, I know we're kind of jumping ahead. I have more questions sure. about the past and stuff, but since we're on the topic, um, how has like the tradition of the church and kind of the intellectual tradition that's baptized your mind, right. Mm-hmm. And seeking that, um, how has that like rooted you in your everyday in the way that you pursue faith or do you know what I mean? Does yeah. That make sense? Yeah. Um, it's, it's just completely, it's hard to even explain. Yeah. It's, it's, it's completely changed my outlook on life. Mm. Um, like I said before, growing up, it was more of a cultural thing, you know, yeah. that's what we do. That's just, you know, and I just yeah. didn't think about it. Um, but now like it informs everything. Like I don't go a minute really without thinking mm-hmm. about like deeper questions of, you know, meaning and purpose and, mm-hmm. um, how, how Christ implicates everything, you know, literally every aspect of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it just completely changed my worldview. Um, and yeah, I guess, I don't know. That's all no, that, no, that's, that's <laughs> I know it's a big question. Cause I think when I went through my conversion, you know, it's, it's hard to explain. It's kind a little of disorienting. The way you, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It kind of, it kind of flips your world upside down, you know, and then you, the dust kind of settles and you feel more rooted or just stronger mm-hmm. in kind of in who you are. Right. Yeah. Um, so bringing it back to college, right. Being, uh, you know, athletes kind of going through this conversion that you're experiencing, um, those around you, your friends on the football team, um, now that you've had some years to like think on it and kind of like digest that experience, um, going back to it, I, you know, this is just for the people out there who are athletes in college and who maybe are struggling with that identity question of I'm not what I do. You know, I, yeah. I am who I am. And, yeah. um, as, as, as a son of God, like what would you not do differently, but like, what would you say to them? You know, or like what, 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 what would be some practicals? That you want to, to uh, yeah, to just the people out there right yeah. now that may be kind of going sure. through that experience. Sure. Yeah. Well, for one, you're not the sum total of your performance. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's something that took me a long time to kind of wrap my head around. Um, 
your faith, like it's not an either or, like I have to choose to be faithful or I have to choose to be a good athlete. Like something that AIA would talk about all the time is like the fact that your faith should spur you on to greater effort, you know, to mm. give glory to God in and through your sport, to put forth your best effort. Um, it's mm. not like this either or thing that you have to choose. Yeah. Um, that's one of them. And just having this bedrock, you know, like mm. having something to fall back on when, oh, you know, I had a crappy day at practice, you know, like, woe is me. I'm, I'm worthless. I don't, you know, I'm not contributing anything. Like I said, that can be devastating for people. Mm. Um, so to have something to fall back on, to know, like, um, at the end of the day, like I'm loved, um, I am son of God, you know, um, that, that fundamental identity allows you again to play with, uh, a, f- uh, a freedom that you wouldn't have otherwise when you're so worried about performance and expectations and those types of things. It's until you're like in the middle of that, it's hard to explain just how much pressure there is, especially at, division one level with, you know, football is like big business, you know, mm-hmm. it's big business. And like, we're out here yeah. to win. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of pressure involved and to, to have that, uh, sort of change of outlook is like totally freeing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was it like relationally with your teammates? Were they receptive to your faith or were they more kind of distant? Um, I mean, it's, there's all sorts of guys in the team, yeah. right? <laughs> so there's guys all over the board when it comes to that kind of stuff. Um, I would say, you know, I had like a good, a close group of friends that um, were involved. Some football guys, actually a lot of non-football guys, uh, wrestlers in particular, I, I became good friends with. Um, yeah, it, it can be a challenge, you know, because there's like locker room talk, right? Like people are going to be saying stuff um, and you have to like be bigger than that in a certain sense without coming off as like moralizing, you know, totally, like, yeah, Oh, yeah. you know, I can't hang out with you anymore. Like that kind of yeah. thing. It just turns <laughs> yeah. people off so much. Yeah. You know? yeah, absolutely. Um, in my experience with it initially was, was like, this was like, um, you know, I'd like to do X, Y, and Z, but I can't anymore. Cause you know, I like take my faith seriously. Right. Like I can't do those things. I can't mm. go, you know, uh, get drunk and swear and like do all this stuff. Um, go out partying. But after a while, it was it wasn't so much like I'd like to do those things, but I can't anymore. It was it was more like I, I don't like. There's something more. Yeah. Like you're being drawn higher. Yeah. Um, you don't desire it. Yeah, you don't desire it so much anymore. Um, to the point where like I'm looking at something else. Like this is and, and be able to point people in that direction. Like there's more to life than this. You know. Yeah. Like there's a there's a time to have fun with your buddies. You're like totally, I get that. Mm-hmm. Like that was a big part of my life. That was a big part of my college experience, and it's great. But, um, but there's more to life than that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so like trying to draw people along, I suppose that way. Yeah. I think that's really a pro- like when I started get deeper in the faith too, at first it was kind of, I can't do this, yeah. but then as you progress deeper and deeper, it becomes of, I can, you know, God shows you the there's things a great that freedom. he opens a door. Exactly. Yes. And mm-hmm. it becomes more of a, like I can, because I'm choosing not to do things that not only is it like wrong to do, but it's just a desire has been limited there yeah. so that I can desire greater and higher mm-hmm. things. Right. But so many people never progress out of the state of, you know, vice and pleasure seeking yep. uh, that they fail to really see these great things, these doors God's open yeah. for yeah. you. It's just total transformation of desire totally yeah, transformed. Yeah. It's, mm. it's not so much leaving those things behind as it is like gathering them up and, and purifying them into something, you know, yeah. something greater. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. 
like I just think of even like fraternity, like, Mm -hmm. you know, having beers with the guys and stuff like that. Like there's an amazingness to it. Um, and, but it's, it's like different, you know what I mean? From maybe the days when maybe for you, like the first few weeks of college or something, you're still drinking with your, your friends, but there's a difference to it once you've kind of embodied Christ in the walks. Good order. Yeah. There's a depth as well. Yeah. Yeah. Depth. Uh, Yes. For sure. Yeah. 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 So are you still, uh, you know, uh, four years, five years of just, you know, like you said, every single day, right. (laughs) And now you're up here. Are you like, I'm sick of the gym. I'm never (laughs) going back there again. Like what does, like, what does fitness look like for you today? Gosh, well today, like, I was wondering if you guys are going to ask me this question. (laughs) I I've been studying for comps the last couple months Yeah. and I feel bad. Like I have not been working out, Mm. you know, cause that's just taken up most of my time is getting prepared for stuff. And I didn't initially at the beginning of the semester, like build it into my schedule the way I would have liked to. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping actually what's today, Monday. Yeah. Tomorrow getting back into things and it's weird with COVID, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I've been working on St. Thomas prior to that. Now mm-hmm. we, uh, I moved and we've got like a little clubhouse next door that I'm going to be using, <laughs> but yeah, initially coming out of school. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I took a break. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I vowed, I, I, I think I've stayed true. That's like, I'm not putting a barbell on my back ever again. Mm. You know, like I'll do free weights. That's great. I'll do kettlebell squats, whatever mm. the case may be. <laughs> yeah. But like, I'm not putting a bar on my back. Yeah. Uh, Cause I had, you know, I had some back issues while I was there. Mm-hmm. I had some yeah. knee issues, right? Like a lot of in, like tough impact stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm like, I don't, I'm not proving anything to anybody anymore. Yeah, you know, like yeah, I don't need to be yeah. bulking up mm-hmm. and like squatting 400, 500 pounds. Like I just yeah. don't need to be doing that. I want to maintain and stay in good health. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of the extent of it, I suppose. Yeah. Um, just like yeah. obviously taking care of your body. That's important. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm planning on getting back into it. I feel kind of bad. I've been out of it for a while. You, uh, okay. So question for you, you go on a vacation. What's the first, what's the first, uh, or I mean, maybe take months off the gym or go on a vacation, whatever. Finals. What's the finals? going to be a lightning round question. Yep. Yeah. Okay. We're bringing back lightning round. What is the first muscle you work out? Biceps. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> we would always do this. That's what I said. Like, the last workout yeah, before spring break uh, at Iowa, it was great. We would always just do like just heavy on uh-huh. the legs, you know, nice. for the girls so and all that stuff. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we asked awesome. ourselves the same question before. We were all like, yeah, arms. Yeah, yeah I think we no, said arms. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Your yeah. first <laughs> podcast about transparency. Yeah. But, <laughs> but apparently, Jacob Googled what, what do women find the most attractive quality. No, I learned it in a class. It was Dr. Burry's class. Oh, the University of St. Thomas. You learned this in Maybe college, I Googled a, a that college like course taught you yeah, this? years ago, too. Probably did. But uh, yeah, no, Jake Dr. Dr. Burry, <laughs> he had a marriage and family class. And besides the face, yeah. obviously, the face yeah. is the most important for women. Um, well, it was, and how women view men. That's what you're saying. Yes. yes so like women what view men. physical yes. attributes do women value the most in men? And the first is their face. And then second is their butt. Really? And then followed by the arms. The or actually, <laughs> even before the arms is like the personality. The physique. No. Like, personality. like the, uh, the shoulders and kind of like, is it like, a, like the, the v, broad? The broad shoulders. Yeah. No abs. And then the arms. 
My wow. question is: so they're down on the list. That's you're saying, funny. Okay. <laughs> where does mustache come into? <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's the last church, man. Like, <laughs> if there is one, that's part of the face. Yeah. 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 That's first. That's before yeah. the face. Thank you. You're right. It's yes. on the face. Yeah. Yeah. Mustache. Yeah. For all the guys face. who don't have a mustache. Like, well, if you, get, yeah. if you get close enough, you can't mustache. look anywhere else. You're just like disgusted <laughs> by what's on my upper I'm lip. So distracted. Is that a caterpillar? What is that? Yeah. What is stuck on his face? So you get to the University of Saint Thomas. And what's it like to be in a new state? Mm-hmm. You know, you don't know a whole lot of people there. Yeah. Kind of, I mean, you're not playing football anymore. You're studying theology. Cue us in on what yeah. that experience was like. Yeah. Um, well, I got up here in February of 2019, which many of you might remember was like the snowiest month. I think it was, <laughs> yeah. it was either Minneapolis history or Minnesota oh. history. One of the two. Oh. Snowiest month on Lived record. up to the stereotype. Oh my Good. gosh. <laughs> I was miserable for the first oh, month. Oh, I bet. Um, yeah, like I felt like I was getting buried alive like every other day, we're three <laughs> yeah. inches of snow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was, yeah, it was actually, it was a tougher transition transition than I was anticipating just cause you know, I didn't know a ton of people, um, right when I got there, um, like I didn't have a place to live. So I stayed with a family friend for a month. Um, it was just hard, you know, like mm-hmm. to, to adjust to being in a new place. Um, but slowly but surely, you know, I, I started to get plugged in with stuff. Thanks to people like Ben and Reed, who I knew had connections up here. So I'm, I'm sure you know, I met a lot of people through yeah through them. That's um, how you got on the softball team, right? Yeah, because yeah, Ben yeah, was one of ben. our captains. Yeah, correct. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah. It was um, it was not easy at first, um, but like I said, um, just falling in love with this place in so many ways. Oh um, yeah, it's just a really vibrant Catholic community up here good people. And I love just the feel of St. Paul, especially in this area too, where we're at Cathedral Hill. Like there's, yeah. there's a history here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sort of idyllic, you know, mm-hmm. like I just, mm-hmm. I don't know. There's something about it. I really like. Yeah, yeah. it does. What about for all those who have considering a theology masters? Um, what are some like routes you can take, so to speak with that degree? Like what are you, what are fellow students? Like you're studying theology as yeah. masters. Yeah, like yeah. what fruits can that produce sure 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 <laughs> you are what you do let's remember I'm just yeah you I'm just are yeah, so, well like you don't knowledge for instance yeah. where, like obviously for life it's important right right that's totally flip it yeah, that's you don't go into it for the money yeah just for certain how can you monetize you know, like, theology right? <laughs> yeah. dan brown uh, yeah. dan brown indulgences like, yeah um yeah i mean a lot of people i guess for me personally there was no end goal, which might sound kind of weird, but it was like knowledge is an end in itself. Right. Um, I just want to learn. That was it. And again, like I was very lucky just financially the situation that I was in that I was afforded that opportunity. Mm -hmm. Um, because you know, I didn't have any student debt and I have to worry about paying stuff off right out of college. Um, so for me, it was just like, yeah, I just want to learn, you know, like Mm -hmm. this is an opportunity. I don't know if I'll ever get something like this again. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, a lot of people in, in the program are either teachers already or they want to be teachers, catechists. Um, some people thinking about doing Ph.D. studies, so they'll go on for the master's and do and do that. So there's there's def- def- several different routes that you can go down mm-hmm. and you can just have it in your back pocket too, right? Yeah. Go out and do something else. Yep. Yeah. Um, and just have that again, like just this worldview, mm. being able to see things differently. Um, it, it goes, I don't want to say it goes a long way. That doesn't do enough to what, what it really is about, mm. but it, it, it definitely does. Yeah. I mean, I, I get asked the same question having a, you know, so I majored in Catholic studies and then, co- you know, communications and journalism, whatever. And I get asked a lot, like, why, why did you do Catholic studies? And it's just like, well, I was drawn to it because one, it was just like an opportunity get to go to Rome and, you know, mm-hmm. fit into my schedule yeah. and all that stuff. And, 
Uh, but it's because I wanted to learn, and it, it almost informed everywhere else yep. of my life right now. Yep. Like when I work, um, my other college courses, like the things I learned um, informed everything that I do, and like that's worth it. But you know that is worth it enough to me to have gone through that, yep. right? Even though it's like, well, I'm applying for a police academy. Like, do I put it on my resume? I don't know. Like, whatever, right? But <laughs> again, you have it in your back pocket, you know, and it's just it's something that informs your reality. Exactly, you know? and that's yeah. that's John Henry Newman through and through. I mean, he writes. Yeah about that um an idea of a university um that's like kind of the main thesis is that like mm. knowledge is an end for its own sake right yes. and like it's fundamentally one you know like everything is related and what you see going on and, and catholic studies is definitely mm-hmm. kind of response to this is this fragmentation of knowledge at the, at the higher education level yeah where you've got all these different specialties that are not really talking to each other you know like i've got my own little sphere here and my own little mm. sphere here um, but there's no unifying vision yeah. for life, you know, like I might know a ton about neuroscience or I might know a ton about, you know, mechanical engineering, but what connects those two things? And that's the beauty of theology is it's like this, this 30,000 foot view of like everything falls underneath it in yeah. a certain sense. Yeah. Yeah. And then everything is, like you said, is everything <clears throat> is informed by it yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just gives you again, this, this lens with which to see the world yeah. through. Yeah. Um, that you can connect everything. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I know John totally. Henry Newman and the idea of a university, he talks about how theology is the most important, right? And yeah. how it informs it's the other... the queen of the sciences. Yeah. So yes. I, that's what I wrote my final paper for that class on, cool. on that idea of university. So Dang. I also know things sometimes. <laughs> Just kidding. That's interesting but, uh, that you mentioned the lens. What was that? What was that you said about the lens? The lens that you... The lens, yeah, just like just something that you see the world through, you know. Yeah, like I said it's just it informs everything. It's not something that you would just take on and off, you know. Like uh-huh. it's, it's yeah, every like Sunday it, you put it on, Sunday you take it off. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally, yeah, yeah. Totally, yeah. 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 But that's like yeah, just hearing your story and stuff. It that's what I was legit like thinking of. I was like, he just I, John's kind of he's just looking at it through a different lens. You know, you're you're mm-hmm. playing a D one sport. You know, a lot of people let that go to their ego. You know, they're like, oh, I am what I do. You know, I've worked so hard to get here just because it's me, you know, just because it's me. But by you saying, asking these questions like, oh, what is my identity? You know, is does my identity is am I what I do? You know, it it just, yeah, definitely could see that you're looking at life from a different lens. So it's really interesting that you said that. Now you're going into theology, which is. You know, just like, okay, I'm going to study this different lens that I, that I see from. So yeah. it's really cool. I appreciate yeah. that. And, and again, it's, it's not something that I just like decided to do. I'm going to start. Yeah. Like, it was God's grace, like through uh-huh. and through that mm-hmm. initiated all of this. Um, and it's sort of been this gradual call and response, call and response. I think you should do this. I think you should do this. You know, like these subtle suggestions yeah. and, and trying to be faithful to those, those mm-hmm. nudges every time. Like it's, it's God leading, you know, like fundamentally like yeah. cause sometimes yeah. I'm like I don't want to go there you yeah. know like yeah. don't uh, no. don't ask that of me yeah yeah, yeah. He says, so that's when me, I yeah. know it's not like me just kind of trailblazing you know mm-hmm. because there's a lot of things that yeah. I've been resistant to at first that mm-hmm. you know over time you know it just sort of yield yield yeah. you know like you'll yeah. be docile to the Holy Spirit yeah. mm-hmm. well he works with your experiences and he works with your desires you know just listening to your journey and how athletes in action so athletes you know who you can relate to what your whole life's identity up to that point had been largely yep. Um, led you deeper into relation with Christ. And then you discovered the beauty of books. And it's cool. Eric kind of mentioned this, how you kind of went like down the chain, right? You know, you started with, you know, C.K. Chesterton and 
GK. 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 All the CK Lewis and SG. My vibe was like working ahead. I was like trying to do process two easy. But like you went down the line, you know, and like dove deeper into it. And, you know, that love for the knowledge of the faith, you know, from an intellectual side, led you to uh, masters, you know, in theology. Like how, what other way can you dive deeper into the faith than to study it with a master's degree? Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. yeah. So it's cool to see that journey. And, mm-hmm. you know, I have, a, I have a friend who recently became Catholic a year ago to actually, yeah, last spring. And he, I, you know, we were friends in high school. I hadn't seen him for a few years and then we grabbed a beer and he's like, I'm thinking about becoming Catholic. And I'm like, Whoa, like, what? that's awesome. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I picked up the Summa and I've just been reading oh through it. Oh my gosh. And I was like, holy no. shit. Was like, <laughs> that's freaking and like, crazy. It, it's crazy because, it, you know, there's a different route for everyone, right? Yeah. I mean, like for me, it was this personal kind of relationship with Christ. And then looking back through, through the tradition of how that's been maintained, right? And, you know, how the church has been maintained, all that. But um, for him, it's just a jump, like, you know, <laughs> now you're, 50, you're yeah, jumping in the deep end. Yeah, like, dang, you know, um, and I, I just think it's so unique that, like you said, how God kind of nudges you in these different ways, um, ultimately for you to experience more of himself and more of himself in your life and to give you that new lens. Um, it's a cool story, man. You got a good story. That's that. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah. did you think you'd be like, I mean, you even said it, you never thought. 10 years ago, you'd be studying a master's, you know? And so it's interesting how God exposes you to things you love and desires you have that 10 years ago, you would have laughed at. Like, that's not me. Yeah, you know, right. playing the guitar is not me. <laughs> Growing a beard's not me. But I love my beard. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but God just, like, does that. Yeah, I love know? my mustache. Like, yeah. I, I bet you most people, like, you think, like, D1, uh, Iowa football, you know, finance, sports business. Yeah. Like, you're probably going to if you go to the NFL or stay in sports and, like, sports business and finance, mm-hmm. that spells agent to me. Right? <laughs> you know, sports agent. And But, no, it's like... God realized in his infinite wisdom that you love theology. You love diving deep into the wisdom of the church and where that'll take you. We'll find out, but it's pretty cool. how That works. Yeah. You really, um, as much as like initially it was like, what are people going to think of me? What are people going to think of me? You know, this is kind of odd. I've never thought about going this direction. So it was a sort of worry about like the externals, like what, you know, how I'm going to be perceived. But a lot of it too has to do with, getting rid of preconceived notions of myself and what like I envision myself to be who I am again, like this identity thing. Like I'm, I'm an athlete. I, you mm-hmm. know, I study finance. I'm going to do this kind of stuff to let go of that and just let God work, you know, because his plans for you are, you know, infinitely better than anything that you can cook up by yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it is just like, again, just like yielding to that day after day, yeah. you know? Yeah. Just yeah. listening to your desires too. Yes. I think, you know, when you're, when your will, when you're trying to align your will with, with God's, your desires are going to be his desires. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you were probably in a state of grace when you went to adoration for two hours and, you know, he was able to, you know, sum up that desire to, to seek theology. And I think that's just so important to, to be in a state of grace and to, you know, constantly trying to be trying to you know, have Christ on the throne, you know, that's the, that's probably just the most important question you asked yourself because now you're aligning your will with his Mm -hmm. and now your desires are leading you 
places that you would have never gone. Yeah. And now you are in St. Paul. <laughs> here we are. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's one image that I now really you're on like. The Sons of Thunder podcast. <laughs> I've made like it. The summit of your journey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One, one image that I really like, uh, just a sh- really short prayer that I, I, I pray quite a bit is, uh, this line from Augustine in, inclina cormiam Deus incline my heart to you, Lord. I love that image of just like, you've got this like incline, right? It's yeah. just like natural, like everything just falls down, right? Comes mm. to the Lord every time. Incline my heart to you. It's kind of what you're saying about mm. let my desires be your desires, you know? Because mm. that's when you like fully come alive, you know? Like my puny little desires about this and that, com- like they don't compare, you know, to what God has in store. Yeah. So incline my heart to you. I just, I love that yeah. image. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Is it Augustine that said that sin is a uh, man turned it on himself? Yeah, incurvatu sinse. Mm-hmm. All sin oh. is is this caving in mm-hmm. on the kind self. of this hook into yes. yourself. Yeah. yeah, and there's yeah. something about that line as well. Yeah, of kind of kind of straightening yourself and kind of pointing up towards the Lord in some way, and not you know. And but at the same time, he you still is got John th- with the Latin. Like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I might be yeah. fooling you. I don't know any. I mean, I know <laughs> these phrases, right? And I've we might need someone to sit in for a few. Always oh, wow. throw out the Latin. New John. I just want to sound sophisticated. <laughs> <laughs> just a John thing. <laughs> that is. No, my uh, uh, scripture verse that comes to mind is um, those that are exalted will be humbled, yep. and you know those who are humbled will be exalted. And I think we've talked about humility before, but the first step is self knowledge, kind of looking not turning in on yourself, but looking into yourself and seeing yep. who am I, what are my desires? And then the Lord kind of reveals those things and you experience that kind of that exaltation. Right. Um, but it's not this worldly sense of like, yeah, I'm making, you know, it can look like lots of money and cars and fancy things. Right. But there's almost the, um, you know, the interior castle kind of going deeper and looking at the interior life and building an interior structure that can then manage the greater things that the Lord has for you in your life. You know, yes. like the, the exaltation you experience is an internal peace, you know, is an internal identity with the Lord. Yeah. 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 yeah I feel like you experienced that. Yeah. For sure. Um, all flesh is grass, right? Like yeah. everything, like all of those things mm. are fleeting. Mm. And again, it's not, we're not like Puritans, right? Where, yeah. oh, we can't have fun. Oh, oh like yeah. the, I can't, you know, go and be successful. Like all that kind of stuff. It's not, that's not the Christian life at all. Mm. Um, it's just a matter of like orienting your desires towards yeah. the Lord. And again, all these things get brought along with it, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. So yeah. first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Yeah. yeah that doesn't mean that's not the prosperity gospel, right? Yes. That yes. doesn't mean that like, Oh, this, as long as I put God first, I'm going to Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sounds like Oprah. <laughs> God for you. God for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Joel, Joel Olstein, Yeah. Down in Texas. But, um, I, uh, I what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, all right, well, that's, yeah, that's a wrap. <laughs> you, you said something that made me think of something. Yeah, uh, I, I, so that was sort of a half-baked thought, and I don't know where it was going, but... Um, oh, no, the, the prosecutor... Yeah, I was going to say, beca- since I've been Catholic, I feel like I've been able to be more myself and have more yeah. fun, and yeah. actually the things that I do have more meaning to them in some way because I'm kind of standing on the shoulders of, of history and, and tradition, right? And I... Uh, whereas, I mean, just my experience with the Protestant faith was having to achieve this knowledge and study the Bible and things like that and having to know things, whereas, you know, a, a certain achievement, but as a Catholic, I'm able to just receive, you know, and that like, I can go out and have like a few beers with my friends. Like, you know, like there's a certain freedom that mm-hmm. that faith brings, you know, bringing it back to GK Chesterton. It's like that boundary, that fence on the cliff, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's a great image. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. a great image. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I keep. I think I've talked about that like fifteen. CK, right? <laughs> CK, CK Lewis. I was thinking of GK. Lewis. Lewis. I was going to go to CK Lewis. So I was <laughs> getting the two confused. I was like, yeah. CK. I don't know. All these guys like back then just wanted to do the you know the acronyms. I'm not sure. Yeah. Ed Brownback. It's going to be Ed Brownback. Yeah. Now it's just like your at sign for Snapchat. No, that is my email, ED Brown. Yeah. <laughs> That's also my Snapchat. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you guys want to wrap it up? Yeah. What yeah. if we we could do like each practical, something mm-hmm. like we took away from this podcast? Yeah. Why don't you go first? God's grace, relying on that, mm-hmm. trusting it. Um, that's that's the fuel for your journey, really. Yeah. And um, a practical to infuse yourself with God great God's grace is you know, adoration. Yeah. Go there. Go there for a while. Go there. I've been told before, go to adoration till it becomes uncomfortable you're there for that so mm. long. Hmm. For some people, that's just 15 minutes, and they're like, oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. I haven't been alone with my thoughts this long. But the reality <laughs> is, like, you're not alone. Um, just even stepping foot in there is grace-filled, right? Yeah. You know, you don't even have to have a good prayer session, you know. Just be in the presence of the Eucharist. Yeah. Um, and then obviously the sacraments. And also I think we kind of hit on today too, just the power of fraternity. Uh, you know, athletes in action for you, you know, brothers for you, Eric, coming to the faith, Sean, you know, having a strong family and that foundation. Um, it's so important for the faith. Um, but that's my take. Yeah. Going off of that, I would say let Jesus um, trailblaze or blaze the trail in your life and don't, mm-hmm. you know, don't try and do it yourself. Um, I think, you know, go and spend time in prayer. I'm, I'm going to go do this tonight, but to sit on the verse, um, be not afraid of his eye, like amidst the storm of life and trying to figure out where you want to go and what you want to do. Um, Jesus approaching you in the storm and saying, be not afraid of his eye and letting yeah. him go first on this trail and kind of blaze it and, and then have peace with, with, with where he's nudging you and, and bringing you. Yeah. Yeah. I think something that I've taken away from this podcast is just uh, like, don't be so discouraged that, like when God isn't specifically talking to you and speaking to you, I think um, just looking at your past or looking what you've been through, looking at your desires, looking how, you know, God has fulfilled s- some desires that you have made, may have had. Um, I think just, you know, look back on those and don't be discouraged that God isn't, you know, directly speaking to you um, and just, you know, look at your desires and make sure you're, you know, in a state of grace like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, um, if, if I could like give one piece of advice, I suppose it would be the fact that the Christian life is not one of like this begrudging conformity. You know, I mm-hmm. think that's an image that yeah. gets pushed a lot, uh, especially with like non-Christians. It's like, um, we, we, we conceive of like morality as just like obligation. This is what I have to do. You know, I have to follow all these rules. Like that's not it at all. Like the Christian life is one of, of great beauty and deep joy and like God is the fulfillment of all desire, you know, like as much Mm -hmm. as perhaps we haven't had that picture growing up, like that is the truth. Um, I can attest to that in my own life. Um, and there's, there's always like infinitely more room for growth. Um, but yeah, just like learning to like give your desires over to the Lord, let him transform those um, and it'll be, it'll be a beautiful thing. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, JP two said Catholic, Catholic life is an adventure, right? That's right. Yeah. So Boom. let's go adventure. Adventure. Well, well thanks, thanks for, oh, <laughs> <laughs> you want to say at the same time? 
No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Sons of Thunder podcast. You got Eric, Jacob, Sean, and John. Wow, wow. that sounds normal. I know. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. All right. Okay. Peace. Peace.